For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is not time to panic, but it's getting very close. I am Ryland Styles. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast as a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network and ArrowheadAttic.com. Let's put a bow on the Titans game because by now, we've all gotten tired of talking about it. Sadly, this is a bit of a longer week for the Chiefs. They don't play again until Monday night, so we're going to be dwelling on this game for a while. But let's just wrap it up here. Let's just go back through the game one more time and then move on. The first thing about this Titans loss that I cannot get over is the fans who are irate with the Chiefs defense. As if we didn't know coming into this game and this season that the Chiefs defense was going to be bad. We knew that going in. Our expectations for this defense, if you remember... We were sitting on this podcast, we were sitting on Chiefs Twitter, we were sitting on AirHack.com, we were sitting at all the media outlets saying the Chiefs defense needs to be from the 25 to 15 range. And that would be good enough for us. That's what everyone agreed upon. Where do they rank right now? They rank 17th. And all week long on Chiefs Twitter, people are freaking out and saying 32 points is supposed to be enough in the NFL. 32 points is supposed to win football games. That's true. But it's a little bit disingenuous. It lacks nuance. Because for this defense, they did enough to win the game. I know how many yards the Titans had. I know how many yards on the ground Derrick Henry had. I know how Ryan Tannehill literally punked every single member on this Chiefs defense. I know all of that. But the Chiefs defense... Got a game-sealing stop with 150 left in the contest. There was a minute and 50 seconds left in the game. The Titans, without being cross-midfield, went for it on fourth down, knowing, feeling like that was their last shot at having the football. They went for it. The Chiefs got a huge stop with under two minutes to play. That should have been enough. You want to talk about 32 points being enough, that should have been enough right there to end that football game. The Chiefs' defense did their job. The offense failed them and put them back on the field. If you put your weakest link on the field over and over and over again, eventually 
we will see what we all knew was coming. And what we all knew was coming was a game-winning drive by Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill driving on the field, and he was inexcusable. But we already knew that was going to happen. We already knew this team was not good at defense. But we never asked them to be good. We asked them to be below average. A little bit below average. Not terrible. Not historically bad as they were a year ago. To be average. And maybe even a little bit below that. They're below average. They got the game ceiling stop. And yet somehow, most Chiefs fans are still irate with this defense. Who did have flaws, by the way. I'm not saying they played a perfect game. But they got the stop we've been begging them to get. On the road, against a a lesser team, they got the stop. They did their job. They did their job. The Chiefs offense didn't do their job despite scoring 32 points. And I wrote about that this week on airhadak.com. 32 points for this offense is good. But this offense is not supposed to be good. This offense is supposed to be elite. It's supposed to be great. They had a ton of drops. Herrick Hill had two crucial drops on second and third down late in the ballgame that could have iced this football game away. That could have got the Chiefs out of Tennessee with a victory. And that is who I think the best receiver is in football, is Tyreek Hill. And I say that from a non-homer standpoint. I think, pound for pound, he is the best wide receiver in the NFL. The offense had drops. They had miscues with, with Patrick Mahomes overthrowing targets on his first game back, which you can, of course, you can, of course, oversee that. Because he was rusty, you can forgive that. They allowed a touchdown, the offense did, by fumbling the football with Damian Williams, which has been a constant problem this year, is the offense fumbling the football and putting the defense in bad position or giving up points themselves. So if you're going to have miscues, if you're going to have drops, if you're going to have overthrown footballs, you cannot also compound the problem with fumbling for a touchdown or fumbling, period. You've got to protect the football on offense. And then you get to Andy Reid. There are so many lines... For blame in this game. There's so many things that you need to trickle down and blame before you get to the defense, in my opinion. Because we the defense did their job. They're the only unit on this football team that did their job. We asked the defense to be below average. Were they below average? Yes. We asked the defense to get one stop late in the game. Did they do that? Yes, they did. We asked the defense to try out there to literally be bad. Try their hardest, which they did. Get a late game stop, which they did, and not be historically bad, which they weren't. They, they are ranked 17th in the NFL right now. That's not historically bad. The defense is the only unit that did their job. The defense is the only unit, I should say, that lived up to expectations. They lived up to what we set up for them. They were not terrible in terms of historically bad. They were terrible in the sense of grading on a good defense, but this defense cannot be graded on a good defensive curve. They're not a good defense. You've got to grade them with our expectations in mind. Again, our expectations were below average. Our expectations were to get one stop. Did they get that stop? They did. They sure did. That should have been enough to win this football game. But then you move on to your elite offense, which we've talked about. Your elite offense, again, drops, miscues, fumbles for a touchdown. That can't happen. Your Hall of Fame head coach is not off the hook. He's not a look at all. We all look at the third and two play at the end of the game. After that, again, huge stop by the defense. Third and two. 
They don't run the football, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with not running the football in that situation. Your best player is Patrick Mahomes. It's not Damian Williams. So put the ball in the hand of the best playmaker in the NFL. I don't want to hear Lamar Jackson. I don't want to hear Deshaun Watson. I don't want to hear Christian McCaffrey. The best playmaker in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. Put the ball in his hands. So Andy Reid passes the football, but what does he do? He throws a screen pass to Blake Bell. Now this podcast has been on the Blake Bell train since preseason, but not on third and two to ice the game. There is a ton of blame to go around in this football game. And for my, in my opinion, that blame doesn't get past the defense until the very last bowl of blame soup in Joshua Briscoe's you know, wording on his podcast, Times Ours, on TheAthletic.com. The very last bowl of blame soup goes to the defense, in my opinion. Andy Reid is not the hook. The third and two play, again, the screen play to Blake Bell. I know that that tunnel screen play has worked in the past two ice football games. I know that. But that's not the time to call it, in my opinion, especially not to Blake Bell. Patrick Mahomes made a heads-up play. He didn't force the football in there. He didn't try to run and come up short and go out of bounds. He slid down and made them burn their timeout. I like that play from Mahomes. I would have liked it better, though, if he had more than one option. You cannot give your MVP one option on the play. So let's take away that play now from Andy Reid. Andy Reid kicked field goals on 4th and 2, on 4th and 3, and on 4th and 2 again in each of the first three quarters. With the best offense in the sport. That cannot happen. You've got to unleash your MVP. You've got to trust your offense that is littered with all of your playmakers. Every playmaker, aside from Chris Jones, is on offense. You've got to trust them to get two yards. You've got to trust them to get three yards. You've got to trust them to pick up that first down, keep the drive alive, and go for seven and not three. And then you get the special teams. And the special teams, I think, is the first in line to get blamed. All the special teams has to do is not be bad. They can be average, they can be above average, they can be good, or they can be elite, but they cannot be below average or bad. You have to just be average. Protect the football and get it back to Mahomes. Or, vice versa, protect the field advantage game and put your defense in a, in a solid spot. That means don't fumble the football on special teams and give the offense the ball back in the red zone, the other team's offense. The special teams has been terrible. And then you have a 15-year holder who throws intentional grounding and looks like he has no idea that that rule exists instead of taking the sack, gifting them 10 yards, the Titans, on that last game-winning drive that ended with an Adam Adam Humphreys pass, gifting them 10 yards. When we are fighting tooth and nail to have this defense make one more stop after we put them in a terrible position, being the offense, now you gift them 10 yards with a defense, again, that is terrible. You put the defense in terrible positions and you still blame the defense, not... What put them there? It's a little bit like blaming the victim here. We knew 
The defense is suspect at best. We knew the defense would give, would give up a ton of yards. We knew the defense has only a couple stops in them late in games. Late in games, you're looking for a couple of stops. That's it. They got you the stop on on uh you know the last second to last drive of the game with under two minutes to play. They got you the stop and you and you just wasted it. And and then on top of wasting it, you gift them a drive that ends in no points after it started in Titan territory. After a drive that started there, it ends in no points and also ends with 10 free yards to the Titans. This game cannot be on the on the back of the defense. Again, from a normal defense, not the Chiefs, take away the Chiefs' defense now. A normal defense, yes, it's embarrassing to give up that many yards to, to Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, who only had one game of 100 yards rushing previously to Sunday. That's embarrassing for a normal defense. But for this defense, they did what we all agreed before the year they needed to do. And before the year, the expectation was Super Bowl or bust. And we agreed, collectively, as Chiefs Kingdom, we agreed that if the defense, if the defense was 17th or better, that would be enough. That would be enough for Mahomes, Andy Reid, this offense, Dave Tobe, and the special teams. We we all agreed if if I told you you could sign on the dotted line on September 1st for the 17th best defense in the NFL, every single one of you would have signed that paper. Believing in Mahomes, believing in the offense, believing in Andy Reid. So we cannot penalize the defense for playing to their expectations. We have to get on the offense and the special teams for playing below theirs. And again, below the offense's expectation is good. That is still good for an offense in the NFL. But for this offense, that's not good enough. This offense is supposed to be elite. This offense is supposed to be historic. They had a good game. But 32 points is no longer the magic number for this offense. And I wrote about that again on AeroHeadAct.com. So it's not the defense's fault that you lost the game to the Titans. It's not. I know it's the easy answer. I know it's what gets Chiefs fans fired up. I know it's the easiest cop-out in the world. And I know that it takes the least amount of nuance to point to the box score and say the defense sucks. That's correct. The defense sucks, but they did their job on Sunday. Last thing on the Titans game. Everyone, again, in Chiefs Kingdom is freaking out. You're only a game up on the Raiders. This, that, and the third. Was Sunday the recipe to beat the Chiefs? Are the Chiefs frauds? Are the Chiefs not good? Sunday was the recipe to beat the Chiefs, but it was nothing that the Titans did. It was everything the Chiefs did. The Chiefs truly got beat by the Chiefs. It wasn't Derrick Henry. It wasn't Ryan Tannehill. It wasn't Mike Vrabel. It wasn't Taylor Lewan. That's all the Titans I can name. It was the Chiefs. Again, it was Andy Reid electing for field goals on 4th and 2, 4th and 3, 4th and 2. It was Andy Reid electing for a screen pass to Blake Bell on 3rd and 2 that could have iced the game, but you're throwing the ball to Blake Bell, a former quarterback. A below-average tight end in the NFL. 
a guy barely hanging on to an NFL career, that's who you design the play to, not to Tyreek Hill, not to Sammy Watkins, not to Travis Kelsey, not to Damian Williams, not to Meikle Hardman. You designed it for Blake Bell. And then again, the overthrown touchdowns, the drops from your from your All-Stars. If they get all of those things again, sure, that's how the Chiefs lose games in the playoffs. But it was nothing the Titans did. Nothing the Titans did should derail you from your opinion on this team that you had coming into Sunday. Not Derrick Henry, not Ryan Tannehill. Because again, the box score looks bad, but the defense did their job and they got the stop. If the defense gets a stop with 150 left and the Chiefs have the lead, you expect the Chiefs to win that game. So if they do that in the wild card game against whoever they play, the Bills, that should be good enough. The recipe to beat the Chiefs is to have the Chiefs play terrible. That's it. It's to have drops. It's to have miscues. It's to have overthrown touchdowns. And it's to have Andy Reid look like Andy Reid. And not look like the guy coaching the best quarterback we've ever seen. If Andy Reid reverts back to being this conservative, scared coach, and not the coach of the best quarterback we've ever seen, that's how you beat the Chiefs. That's the only way. Because this defense is much improved. Again, the 17th best defense should be enough for this historic offense. And this historic offense didn't click because, first of all, you're down a ton of linemen by the end of that game. Mitchell Schwartz was hurt. Rankins was hurt. You didn't have Eric Fisher. You didn't have the Canadian doctor. And Cam Irving is terrible. So that's five linemen right there who are either terrible or hurt. Then, you finally have Watkins, Hill, and Mahomes playing together and Kelsey playing together for the first time since the first quarter of week one. So there's a ton of reasons why this offense looked like that. And I mentioned that on Sunday and again in the article I wrote on AirHeadAct.com. So if you believe this offense is going to be historic once again, as they, as they progress together, build together, and get back into that chemistry, knocking the rust off, so to say. If you believe that, you should still believe this team is a Super Bowl team. If you don't believe that, if you believe the offense we saw Sunday was the offense we will get every game from now on, then then, then we can have the conversation of if this team is a Super Bowl team. I think this team is the same team that we all thought they were coming into the year. When has Andy Reid not dropped a game he shouldn't? When has a Super Bowl team not dropped a game they shouldn't? The Patriots last year lost a wacky game to the Dolphins with a hook and ladder, Kenyon Drake, Rob Gronkowski couldn't tackle anyone because he's a tight end and not a safety, but for some reason he was back there at safety. They got blown out by the Lions. This stuff happens. The Chiefs lost to the Giants a couple years ago with Alex Smith. And Travis Kelsey threw an interception on a tight end pass. This team had a terrible Sunday. The defense did their job. The offense will get better. 
I'm not ready to say that this def- that this Chiefs team is no longer a Super Bowl caliber team. However, at some point, when they show you who you are, you're going to have to believe them. Now that now the Chiefs have not been healthy enough collectively to show you who they are. But in this stretch of games, you've got the Chargers, which they always play you tough. They always play you close. The Raiders, who in week two played you very close, outside of that second quarter, probably beat you. They, 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 played, a, they played a better game than you outside of that second quarter. The Patriots, we all know that. Broncos, Bears, and Chargers. Bears have a, have a tremendous defense and a lackluster offense. This stretch of games going into the playoffs will show us what this team is, and then we can have that discussion. Let Andy Reid get past Monday, go into the bye week where he's always phenomenal coming off of the bye week. He's always great. Let him get in there and see what he can do. This team is still a Super Bowl contender. I would still pick them in most playoff matchups. But it's not time to rule on this team just yet. It's not time to rule if this team is or is not still a Super Bowl contender just yet. I think whatever idea you had coming into the year has to still be your opinion right now. Did we see flaws Sunday? Of course we did. But it was mainly flaws that are controllable by the Chiefs, not enforced, not inflicted by the opponent. Again, ignore the rushing numbers. Ignore Ryan Tannehill trucking players. At the end of the day, they got the stop they needed. At the end of the day, the defense got off the field. The offense didn't perform. Is that going to happen again? I don't think so. I don't think we will see again this year where the defense gets off the field with under two minutes to play and the lead, and the Chiefs offense cannot finish that game off. But let's finally get out this Titans game and move on because we still have a huge show for you today. In other news, as we take a breath from the Chiefs before we get back into it, in other news, it seems like a 17-game season is likely in the new CBA with a reduced preseason, of course. But Richard Sherman is telling reporters that he's spoke to players and told them to be ready for a strike. And trust me, if the NFL strikes, this podcast will be the place to be. We will be doing a bunch of wacky stuff as we await the NFL to come back. I don't think that the NFL will strike. I think that the report of 17 games being likely in the new CBA is accurate. I think Richard Sherman, who's involved in the Players Association, I think he's using the media as a leverage in negotiation as he should. That's what good negotiators do. I think he's not ready to admit that this is a prominent topic on the table that's likely to be agreed upon. I don't begrudge him, but I I wouldn't buy into this whole strike thing just yet. But we'll see. We'll see if that comes to fruition. And then one other piece of news on the NFL is Colin Kaepernick getting a workout on Saturday in Atlanta. Yes, you can roll your eyes. Yes, you can you know, threaten to turn off your podcast, but I don't implore you to do that. This is interesting if you're an NFL fan. We all know that the Colin Kaepernick saga, what it's done to divide NFL fans and uh, yada, yada, yada. But what's interesting about this is that this was not on anyone's mind anymore. 
No matter if you're a Colin Kaepernick supporter or a Colin Kaepernick detractor, this this was in no one's mind until two days ago when this workout was announced. The NFL did this themselves. They 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 went to Kaepernick and said, "Hey, Saturday you have a workout." Now, is Saturday a fair day to have a workout? I agree with Adam Schaffner of ESPN that it's not. Teams are getting ready to play Sunday. They're not going to Atlanta. The Falcons won't even be in Atlanta. They're going to be traveling to Carolina. Teams are not going to Atlanta to watch Kaepernick on Saturday, the, the decision makers now. Obviously, they can send a ton of scouts there from each side, and that that's fine. But and the, the true decision makers will not be there. Andy Reid is not hopping on a bird and going to Atlanta on Saturday, then going back to Mexico City to play on, on Monday. I don't, I don't, I don't really see the end game in this for the NFL to set this up. Again, no one was talking about Colin Kaepernick. You already have Eric Reid of the Panthers saying how he thinks this is a gimmick, that he thinks this is a publicity stunt. The only thing that can happen from this from this is more negative backlash, because you've set it up for Saturday, which Adam Scheffner is already just torching the league, just absolutely torching the league for doing that. If he doesn't get signed, then it truly does look like a publicity stunt. So what is the point in this? I I don't know. But that is a bit of news. Okay, I mean, he's going to work out on Saturday. We'll see if if anything comes of it. One thing is that it's not going to have the media coverage as of now that most workouts do, that especially of this caliber of this profile. Most workouts do have a ton of media members there. And I'm sure that somehow people will find a way in there. But as of right now, it's designed to be sort of a private setting, you know, for Cap and and the NFL. The next topic I have today is this Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes argument. You've all seen the highlights by now. Lamar Jackson spun three Bengals out of his shoes on uh, Sunday. Mahomes with a jump pass, obviously. I can't believe this has even taken on an argument by some people. But Lamar Jackson is not even in the stratosphere of Patrick Mahomes. He's not even in the stratosphere. He's a, he's a good runner. He's a fine passer. He's also RG3. We're acting like we've never seen this before, as if we didn't just watch RG3 in his rookie season. Is Lamar Jackson faster than him? Yes. Does Lamar Jackson have a have a better a better mental clock than him? Yes. Lamar Jackson can hang out in the pocket smarter than RG3 could. He's smarter than him. But pound for pound, I'm taking RG3's athleticism. Ability to throw on the run, to be a true quarterback, outside of the pocket presence, and to scramble. I think that they're even. I mean, these two guys are, are are more comparable than you think. But we're acting as if Lamar Jackson is some incredible person. We're being prisoners of the moment. Incredible player. I mean, I'm sure he's a great person. Lamar Jackson is incredibly fun to watch. I I still prefer watching Mahomes, even from a non-biased standpoint. Mahomes, what he does is incredible. 
And Lamar Jackson is probably a little bit better than RG3, of course. I, I think that if you could give me 2012 RG3 against Lamar Jackson this year, I'm taking Lamar Jackson. But it's not by some huge margin. It's it's not like we've never, ever, ever seen anyone close to Lamar Jackson before. We need to kind of relax on that a little bit. I don't think it's even close. I think that Patrick Mahomes is by far and away the better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson doesn't even have better highlights than Mahomes. Outside of that spin move against the Bengals, which, okay, you spun around. Cool. It was a good spin move. It was a good rush. It was fun to watch. But still, Mahomes is better in every facet. And I just don't understand how anyone can disagree. If you do disagree, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and tell me where you disagree with that or any of my other opinions. I'm sure that a lot of you uh, have either turned it off by now or are very upset with my Chiefs defense take. Now let's get into the Chargers game. All right, we're back with the Chargers. Monday Night Football, Mexico City, ESPN, 715. Chiefs are favored by three and a half points. This is going to be a real soul-searching game for the Chiefs. What do the Chiefs have for Monday night? Philip Rivers is terrible this year. He's lost his arm. He's done. He's awful. He cannot beat you. You can't let him beat you, and he is not capable, talently. He's not talented enough anymore to beat you. Their offensive line is terrible. Chris Jones... Passanio, they should all feast on Philip Rivers. Of course, Og was out for the year. Alex Okafor might be back. Frank Clark, who knows. But Chris Jones should absolutely feast on, on Philip Rivers, and so should Tano Passanio. But they do have two great running backs in Austin Eckler and Gordon, Melvin Gordon. This game is going to be a soul-searching game for them. How do you contain... Those running backs, can you get off the field against a, against a terrible quarterback, but a decent running game, a very good running game, I should say. And how can the Chiefs O-line, now again, we don't know who's going to play on the offensive line yet, how do they control Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram? It's going to be a fun game to watch, I think. Talent-wise, on paper, it should be a blowout. The Chiefs should win by 10 or more points, which is a blowout in the NFL. But the Chargers always play the Chiefs tough. They're always right there with the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. But Phillip Rivers, again, is terrible this year. He just is. He's had a couple good moments for him. But he's not a quarterback who can beat you. Neither is Ryan Tannehill, which again, despite the stats, he didn't beat you. You beat yourself. That's what is going to look for on Monday. That's what everyone has to look for on Monday. Are the Chiefs going to beat themselves? Are the Chiefs going to play smart, fundamentally sound football? We can have the jump passes. We can have the no-look passes. We can have the 60-50 yard bombs. But you still have to play smart football. 
The highlight reels only take you so far. And this is not me saying, don't ever throw a no-look pass. This is not me saying the jump pass is overrated. This is not me saying, like what some Royals fans did, the home run kills any rallies. That was a huge topic during those playoff runs. That the home run is, is bad, bad for offense. That's just stupid. I'm saying that you need to complement all of that with smart football. Eliminate the penalties. Eliminate the turnovers. Can you do that in a divisional game at a neutral site on Monday Night Football? Can you do that? This game is going to take a lot of soul-searching. You're heading into the bye week. Can you can you finish off this first half of the season? Which, again, it's past the halfway point. But, you know, in terms of football, half of the season is really just before your bye week. And then you can regroup and get ready for your next half of the schedule. Can you execute the way you're supposed to? Because on paper, this should be a Chiefs win 100% of the time. And that's why I'm picking the Chiefs minus 3.5. So that's really it. Again, as I said on Saturday, the Chiefs should not lose to the Chargers, just like I said. The Chiefs should not lose to the Titans. There's no way. There should be no way the Chiefs lose this game. They're more talented. They're better coached. This should be an automatic win. But the Chiefs cannot wake up on Monday and shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again as they did in Nashville a week ago. So that's what I have for the Chargers preview. We have a ton of preview coverage on yourheadlock.com. But now, it's time for the NFL Picks of the Week. Thursday Night Football tonight, Steelers at Brown Steelers. Really a scrappy story. I mean, you lose Big Ben, who's washed anyway. Put in Mason Rudolph. Get a couple games from Duck, or at least one game from Duck. Hodges. What Mike Tomlin has done in this season is impressive to me. I have always been a guy who thinks Mike Tomlin was overrated. Thought he was just a military, you know, rah-rah guy who wasn't a good coach. But this has been his best coaching performance yet, and he's won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl, and I think this is the best job he's ever done as a head coach is this season. And if you know me from this podcast, I was extremely high on the Browns. I thought they could win that division. I thought they could go to the playoffs. They could still make it to the playoffs if things break their way, but obviously it's not looking good. They need this win. If they want to stay in contention at home, they need this win over the Steelers. That's why I'm taking the Browns minus three in this one. Jets at Redskins. Two terrible franchises. Two terrible teams. Redskins are at home, so they're getting a point. Excuse me, they're giving a point and a half. I think the Jets are the better football team. Without Sam Donald going down at mono, who knows what they could have been. I'm taking the Jets plus one and a half. Titans at Ravens. I think this is the best game of the weekend in terms of Sunday. Obviously, we all care about the Chiefs and Chargers. I think Titans at Ravens is the best game on Sunday. In this one... I'm taking the Ravens minus four. I like this Titans team. I like Deshaun Watson. I think Watson is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I'm taking the Ravens, though. I think that they're a more complete team. They're a more complete football team. They're at home. I think they're going to win. Falcons at Panthers. Falcons got a huge win against the Saints last week, literally, in terms of the score. Dominated them. Not so much in terms of their season, because the Falcons are dead in the water. But they travel to Carolina. They take on the Panthers. Panthers minus 5.5. I 
I'll lay the points and take the Panthers. Cowboys at Lions. I'll lay the four and a half for the Cowboys. They're coming off a disappointing loss to Kirk Cousins in primetime. How do you do that? How do you lose to Kirk Cousins in primetime? That's just awful. I said it on Saturday. Kirk Cousins is terrible on primetime, yet the Cowboys found a way to lose. But I'll take the Cowboys minus four and a half. Jaguars at Colts. This is a tough one for me. The line is three in favor of the Colts. The Colts are at home. You get three points for being at home. This is a tough one for me. I don't know about Jacoby Brissett just yet. I don't really trust the Jaguars. I think the Colts are a better football team, but it depends who they have at quarterback. I have written down here Colts minus three to let you behind the curtain for a little bit. Behind the curtain, I have the Colts minus three, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. I'm going to change that to Jaguars plus three. Give me the Jags on the road against the Colts. Bills going down to Miami. The Miami Dolphins are rolling two straight wins for the tanking Dolphins, which at one point people call them historically bad. A little bit of an overreaction to a couple games where they got lit up by Lamar Jackson. Give me the Bills minus six. I've been a Bills detractor all year. I cannot, I cannot pick this Dolphins hot streak to continue. I'll take the Bills minus six. Six is an interesting number, though. Do you believe this offense, led by Josh Allen, can win any game against the Dolphins or against the Patriots, whoever they play, by six? More than six? I don't know. I guess I'm going to try to believe in that, but I'm I'm not too confident in that at all. This would be a stay-away game for me. Broncos at Vikings. I have the Broncos plus ten and a half. Vikings obviously win the game outright. But I think that the that the uh, Vikings win the game outright. But I think that the Broncos cover. Saints at Bucks. Give me the Saints minus six. They're going to bounce back in a big way in Tampa Bay. Cardinals at 49ers. Again, another line that I stay away from. If you force me to pick one, I'm picking 49ers minus 11. But I could totally see the Cardinals staying within 10 points. 10 points in the NFL, by the way, is a ton of points. In this league, there's rarely any huge blowouts. Rarely. Bengals at Raiders. Give me the Raiders minus 10.5. I, I just don't think the Bengals are very good. Once you get up to those double-digit points, though, again, it's hard to, to, to feel confident in that, but I'm going to do it. Raiders minus 10.5. Patriots at Eagles. Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago. Who cares? None of the players are the same. Give me... Eagles are at home. Oh, my goodness. Eagles are more desperate, which is also goes into account at this point in the season. Eagles trying to keep pace in that division. I don't believe in the Patriots' offense whatsoever. Eagles have terrible cornerbacks, though. Give me the Eagles plus three and a half. I, I've just got to pull the trigger and do it. That, that's a tough game right there. It's going to be a fun game to watch also, I think. Bears at Rams on Sunday Night Football. Give me the Bears plus six and a half. I was high on the Bears coming into the year. We've seen how that worked out. I'm not high on the Rams at all. I think the Rams win this game. I don't think they win it by more than six points. And then, of course, the the Chargers and Chiefs in Mexico City. I've got the Chiefs minus three and a half, as I told you earlier. So that's the NFL picks for this week. And we have one more thing to do before we get out of here. And that is to play Ruling on the Field. Ruling on the Field this week was sent in by Kalen. And Kalen at Kalen Wayne on Twitter said, Is it just me? Or was this defense a different unit with Mahomes out? To me, it looks like with Mahomes, they're playing with very little urgency and seem to expect that Pat will bail them out. That Pat 
Mahomes will bail them out. I agree. They they look totally different in terms of, like you said, the sense of urgency. I think that this the ruling of the field stands here. I think that Spags went into the game with his inactive list, which was head scratching. Went into the game thinking, okay, we've got Mahomes back. Mahomes will build will build us up a lead against a bad team. He'll build us up enough currency that we can miss mix mat, mix match. Excuse me, mix match the lineups and the formations and the play calling. So we can we can test some things and not play as hard as we did against the Vikings and other teams like that. I agree with you. I think that the that the uh, defense looked totally different with Mahomes out there compared to Matt Moore. They look less focused, and and Spags called a different game. Spags called a game that was again trying to test things out, trying to get a look at different you know formations, a look at different players, where he should have been focusing on just shutting down the Titans. But again. He didn't shut down the Titans, but again, he did the job. The defense did the job. And that's how we'll leave it off the same way we started it, that the defense did enough on Sunday to win the game. I'm not saying that the offense failed them, but the offense didn't hold up their end of the deal. The deal before the year, again, was that the defense would be 17th or best, or, or better, I should say, 17th or better, and the offense would be historically great. One of those things happened, the other didn't. This week on Chiefs Twitter has been... Tumultuous. It has been just a bloodbath. Overreactions left and right. In-house fighting left and right. It's expected after a loss like we saw on Sunday, a, a true meltdown. But this is still a Super Bowl team. This team beat themselves. Mahomes is still great. And what's scary, as I wrote on com, I wrote this in the article, what's scary about this offense is, despite scoring 32 points, despite the jump pass, despite the yardage that they put up, that's nowhere close to their ceiling. They still have a ton of room to grow offensively. That's what's scary about this offense, and that's what you should have solace in as we move into Monday night and the rest of the year. The Chiefs probably blew their chance at a top two seed in the bye week on Sunday. I'm willing to say it's over, that 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 race for the top two seed is over. But they shouldn't lose before the AFC title game. They should be better than every team they play before then, as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Now here's the problem with that. You give Andy Reid a lot more time to shoot himself in the foot when you're playing that extra game in the playoffs where he's known to not have his best A game. Here's the deal. Monday against the Chargers, after the game, you will get a rapid reaction, as you always do. So after the game, look for that post-game podcast. On Tuesday, you'll get an in-depth podcast reviewing the game. Sometime during the bye week, you're going to get a special episode of the Arrowhead Podcast with with Arrowhead Tom from Arrowhead Pride. Well, that was just, wow, that was bad. With Arrowhead Tom from ArrowheadAddict.com. Not ArrowheadPrideAddict.com, whatever I just said. So Arrowhead Tom will join us for a special episode where we talk about the college football season. We talk about all of the draft-eligible players who you should keep an eye on as we move into the second phase of the football season. We move into Grand Championships. We move into bowl games, the playoff, the combine. As we, as we shift our gears now... If you're a draft head, 
into the NFL draft and, and, and the end of the year for these prospects. We'll talk to him about who they should, who you guys should keep an eye on throughout the postseason and at the Combine. So that'll be a special episode. We'll also preview, of course, the Raiders game because no matter what happens on Monday, that's going to be a huge game. Both these teams, Raiders and Chiefs, should win their respective games this week. Raiders should should win during the Chiefs bye week. And then after the bye week, huge matchup with Oakland. So that's what we have to look forward to. Again, same, same schedule. Monday, right after the game. Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesday, Thursday in the bye week. Tuesday, Thursday in Raiders week. And so on and so forth. But there will be a special episode sometime with Thomas from Arrowhead Tom. And from ArrowheadAddict.com, I should say. So he's on Arrowhead Attic. I'm on Arrowhead Attic. And this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. That's a tongue twister. Thank you all for listening. I know that there's so much Chiefs content. There's so much Chiefs articles, podcasts, whatever it is. And I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to mine and to read mine. Again, I wrote about the offense from Sunday on Arrowhead.com. And this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. As a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network, read the website, listen to the podcast, do what you're supposed to do, and be good and be good to one another. This has been the Airhead Out Podcast. I'm Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N-S-T-I-L-E-S. And I'll see you guys on Monday following a Chiefs win, hopefully. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.